0: Let's talk about getting paid what we're worth. I've heard this a few times from different people in different places, right? We need to get paid what we're worth, and and usually it's used in a context where we're not getting paid what we're worth. Hardly anybody says I'm getting paid exactly what I'm worth. Most people when they're talking about getting paid what we're worth, they're usually talking about the fact that they're not getting paid what they think that they deserve. And yeah, I think most of us, the reality is most of us don't feel like we're getting paid what we're worth. We have an elevated um, value, self-esteem, confidence, and so it, it's we, we feel like we deserve more, and I get that, and I think I've been there as well, but the reality of getting paid what we're worth comes down to a couple of key phrases, key things that you need to understand in order to increase your pay. So today is about getting you paid more, getting you paid what you're worth by implementing a couple of things that we're going to talk about today. So the three things you need to understand are supply, demand, and value. Supply, what's supply? Supply is the service or product that you have, right? Your supply. Um, your supply might be one-on-one personal training. It might be small group personal training. You might supply group classes, boot camp classes, yoga classes, a running club. Whatever it is that you've decided to create as your service is your supply. You know, Just like we have oil and gas as a supply, we have Um, food supplies, right? We have water, a certain water amount, you know, supply for us Um, in different places of the world. It's different. So it's valued differently. And so your supply is what you intend to give to people. The demand now is who is willing to pay for it and how much are they willing to pay for it? So Let's say I have a cup of water that I have right here next to me. So we're going to use that as an example, right? I have a cup of water. I decide that I'm going to sell cups of water on the street for $5 a cup. Most people listening to this are going to right away realize that I can't sell very much water at $5 a cup. Why is that? Because you already know That I have competition in the water supply business and they're supplying you bottles of water, cups of water for a dollar, for 79 cents, for 159, right? Depending on the brand, depending on the perceived value, right? So depending on what the supply is and what now the third word value is, then so is determined the demand for the thing so let's say i have my same cup of water i'm standing out there i'm trying to sell my cups of water for five dollars most people are going to laugh at me and they're going to say ha i can get better water down the street for a third of the price for a fourth of the price that's all well and good i have a couple of options here one i can drop my rate to compete with the other water places or the other water companies I can stand my ground and say, hey, this is what my water is, and I'm doing air quotes here, this is what my water is worth, right? Quote, unquote, my water is worth. And why am I stopping here? Because this example is where most people are, right? I'm gonna stand my ground, I'm gonna get paid what I'm worth, even if nobody's willing to freaking pay for it. I'm sorry, I get upset about this, but this is only because most people that I talk to are in this category. The third thing I can do, which is what a real business person does, is I'm going to figure out how to make this water more valuable. So let's say I take this water now to the desert and I am selling it to people that maybe have hiked longer than they intended to. And so now they are thirstier than they've ever been. They are risking um, dehydration. And I just happen to have a little store out there in the middle of nowhere for $5 for a cup of water. I have eliminated some of my competition and I have put myself in a place where the water now is at an all-time high value. It's a a very high demand, right? There's a huge demand for my water. So what if I, I add to my water maybe a different flavor? Maybe with every cup of water, you also help give water to somebody else, right? Where like I part of my proceeds go to giving water to somebody in a different country. And so not only do I provide you with water when you need it the most, when you're hiking in the desert, but now you also get to help somebody else so you get to feel good. So I'm gonna stop it at that because this could be an entire hour two hours an entire day a weekend of talking because some people you know if you read about marketing and you read about branding you know there's there's books on top of books on top of books written written about how you can change certain situations change the service change the add-ons change um you know the emotional connections that you have to certain products so we're not going to get into that but but just in that example of water you can see how supply demand and value all play a role on what that water was truly worth so let's 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 tie it back to us as personal trainers as fitness entrepreneurs as entrepreneurs in general most of us are the type of person and I'm and I'm saying this from experience. You know, it's no judgment on you because I don't really know you. You know, you you could be a completely different person from what I'm saying, but it's been my experience over and over again. Um the trainers that I meet, the old friends that I run into that ask me how it is that I've built my personal training gym, you know, they they ask the question but they don't want to then listen to the answer. And the answer is very simple. You have to stop thinking that getting paid what you're worth is just about setting a rate, setting a number, right? I I get paid, you know, I charge $200 um, an hour for personal training because that's just what I'm worth. And that's the approach people take. And like I said earlier, that approach is the same as I'm just going to continue to try to sell $5 water when there is cheaper or better quality water down the street and so what happens is we stand our ground on our rate and though some of us are lucky enough to get a couple of sales because we just happen to be there you know when somebody comes around we don't create actual success we don't actually create a business that's in demand we we have to struggle to get the phone calls forever we have to struggle to get the referrals forever and simply it's because what you're trying to sell your supply whatever you're supplying does not have enough value to to have a high enough demand for it and so what happens is and and, and again there, there there there's many combinations right if you go buy water at the store, there's $79 water. Uh 79 cent water, I mean, there's one dollar water and there's one sixty-nine you know water, right? So so how could you have seventy-nine cent water and then water that's a dollar and a half on the same shelf? Well, that at that point the, the 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 money isn't the problem it's the perceived value right so somebody has branded themselves differently added something to their water um to to the container to the the um the values that that company holds maybe the the service that they're providing to people through their their organizations and things like that so you know i think tom's remember if you remember those shoes that when you bought those shoes they would donate a pair of shoes to somebody you know that that didn't have the means to have shoes in other countries and stuff like that. So that's something that they added to their shoes, right? So their shoes might not have been better than other shoes, but they had a purpose. They had a mission and people bought into the mission and got some shoes in return. So they bought the shoes, but really they were buying into the mission. So what I'm saying is, Going back to why you're listening to this, right? Getting paid what you're worth. Here's the harsh reality. I'm going to hit you with a a truth bomb like no other. We all get paid what we're worth. The problem is you're not worth very much. And the the next problem is that your ego doesn't allow you to accept it. And the next problem is you're the only one that suffers because of this. Because right now you could be upset at me saying this and you could be like, this guy is this and that and whatever. But you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to show up to my studio. People are going to sign up. I'm going to make some money. My trainers are going to get some money. My clients are going to get results. I'm never going to meet you. My life goes on. The only person that suffers is you because you continue to have such a high ego. And and you know what? I'm going to go ahead and recommend a book. Ego is the Enemy, by Ryan Holiday. Read that book. If, you, if, if your first response was to fight what I just said, you probably need to read that book. It's going to help you understand why it is that you're fighting this idea because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is we get paid more. And if we don't make some changes, we're going to get more of the same, which is nothing at this point. So again, we all get paid what we're worth the problem is we're not worth very much right now you know or whatever we're worth is what we're worth right like right now my business makes a certain amount of money i'm able to save a certain amount and i'm able to pay my trainers a certain amount i'm at a place where some people might think it's great some people might think it's not you know for me i think i need to go a lot further along than where i'm at so I take responsibility for that. If I, if this is the level that I'm at, it's because there's certain things that I'm not implementing. There's certain things I haven't learned. There's certain things I haven't started doing and there's certain things I haven't stopped doing. And so it's up to me to make these harsh, hard assessments on my product, my service, myself as a person, my staff, my training method, my systems, I have to take a good hard look at that and realize, well, Though what I have might be some level of success to a lot of trainers, the level of success is what it is because of what I've done, but the next level of success isn't here because of what I am what I continue to do or what I'm not doing, right? So again, I'm getting paid what I'm worth. It might be more than a lot of personal trainers because I've provided more value, I've learned more, I have more experience. But at the same time, I can't get to the next level because I'm still only worth this at this point. So we're all stuck in our reality. The problem with most of us is that we don't want to accept our reality. And by not accepting your reality, you're then prolonging the inevitable, which is more of the same. So let's say that you haven't gotten paid what you want to get paid, right? So number one, we need to stop saying getting paid what we're worth because we're all getting paid what we're worth. Let's start saying I want to get paid more or I want to get paid a certain amount. You know, set it as a goal, you know, set the amount that you want, not what I'm worth. You know, say say hey, I want to get paid more. You know, don't be afraid to say hey, I want to get paid more because that's the reality. When you say I should get paid what I'm worth, what you're really saying is I want to get paid more. I feel like I'm not getting paid as much as I could or I should. And now that is valuable. That I can accept. I can't I can't accept I should get paid what I'm worth because you are getting paid what you're worth. You're just you just you're just not happy with what you're worth, not what you're getting paid, but you're not happy with what you're worth. So the better thing to say is, "Hey, I want to figure out how to get paid more." And once you say that, now you can listen to the rest of this podcast and anything else that I put out there and you're going to understand it because now you're going to understand what my game has been about from the beginning, which is how the heck do I get paid more than what I'm worth right now? How do I increase my worth so that I get paid more? So let's talk about that. How do you do that? Well, you have to, you have, to have something, again, right? It's all about supply, value, and demand. And it's not really just value. It's perceived value. Going back to the water um, example that I literally came up with as I was talking, water comes at different rates, and people pay all those different prices. Why? Because of perceived value. At that point, it's not so much about actual value. Water, I mean, I guess it, it, you can defend the water that you buy, right? I buy some that has the pH levels and all that stuff. And I'm willing to pay more for that. Um, but that's because I have the money and because I, I want the perceived better quality. I can't even prove that it's better quality. But I choose to believe that it's better quality. So I buy it. And a lot of people would look at that and say, heck no, I'm never going to pay that much for freaking water, dude. I'm going to buy the cheapest water because at the end of the day, water is water. That's completely fine too. But remember that your personal training is not much different than all those water brands and all those different price points. It's all the same thing. It's all about supply and demand and perceived value. So when you're a personal trainer, it's very hard to compete because fitness is very saturated, especially in a big city. Now, smaller cities, it might be easier in some ways because you're the only supplier or one of the very few suppliers of personal training or of boot camps or whatever it is that you sell. But at the same time, it could be harder because you don't have enough of a demand for fitness in general, right? Maybe you live in a city where nobody cares to work out So at that point, it's like, well, it doesn't matter if you're the best personal trainer in that city, people don't care about this. Now you could take it upon yourself to educate people and get them to understand. but And again, this is like, you would just have to read on the subject, um, but it's actually one of the hardest ways to get into business, which is when you create something that's new to a certain market and you have to educate them on it and then sell them. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a higher risk and it's going to take you a lot longer, um, to make anything happen because of the educational factor that has to be kind of put between your service and then buying the service. You have to now fill it with a lot of education. So it slows down the whole process. It's not one of the best things to do if you're trying to grow a business, but if you happen to have the time and the ability to pull that off, then you might actually be now in, um, in, in a, like a, place of your own where in where you're the only one supplying this for a while and you're going to get ahead right so that's not what today's about and I can't even really explain that very well but the whole point is you know you could be in a place where you're the only one supplying something and therefore it's going to be worth more or you can have something great and have people that don't want to buy it they don't see the value in it you know, um just like my water example, right I can stand there and sell water for five dollars but if if nobody's willing to buy it for five dollars it's just not worth five dollars right i can I can tell myself this water is worth five dollars until I can actually prove that, or I can change my mind about it, or I can actually increase the value so that people see that there is value in it. Nothing is going to happen. And that's where us as personal trainers continue to sit. We sit on our high horse and we continue to say that we're worth more than we are, but we're not making changes to our personal training programs. We're not making changes to our gyms. We're not making changes to our training styles, our sales. We're not learning about sales. We're not learning about marketing. We're not learning about branding. We're not getting in better shape. We're not dressing better. We're not you know, uh, investing in our equipment, investing in our education, investing in our mental health, our spiritual health, right? Like so many things that go into just bettering ourselves, which are, which is going to in turn make our worth higher. Because at the end of the day, if you are in a service, yes, personal training is what you're selling, but you're also selling yourself. So if who you are is um, of low value, it doesn't matter that your personal training is of high value because you and your training are, are one in the same. You, you, you are the same thing, right? Your training is also you because you're the one providing this product. You're providing the service. So getting paid what you're worth is about increasing your worth. So let's say you figure out a way to increase your worth. How can you do that? Well, you can, um, have before and after pictures. You can have testimonials. You can have advertising. You can have word of mouth. Um, you can have a completely different style. That's more fun than everything else. It it may be a style that a certain, um, group of people need. Like some gyms are low impact gyms, right? There's a gym lit gym, which is low impact training. Um, that's their thing. People that don't want impact, right? They might have bad knees. They might have back pain. They're going to gravitate to that. So what they've done is they've kind of pulled their value up in one market where everybody else is, is trying to just grab whoever they can. They just, they go ahead and create a niche and then they, they make themselves a more valuable, more in demand product within a certain sector. So let's say you are a personal trainer and you're like, well, you know, I'm kind of hardcore or whatever. Maybe I should do a boot camp for like ex-military people. You can do something like that. And now you differentiate yourself because now your market can see the value in your training because it's designed specifically for them. You can do this for older people. You can do this for men only, women only, you know, if you belong to a certain community, a certain um uh, faith or something like that, you can you can go ahead and create something around that where you can now be um, a, a supplier of something for a certain group of people. And now you can kind of create that supply and demand in um, a subcategory kind of a thing. So you can do that. You can just increase general value to your training. Um, you know, as you get more experience, value grows naturally simply because you have more time in the industry, more time in the game. But at the same time, if you're not busy the entire time, then you're not actually increasing value in experience because you're, the experience you're only going to get from actually training people. So it's it's an interesting thing how value works, you know? And And I guess one of the messages that's really important for me to get out to you is, the story of how I've gotten to where I am now I'm not I can't tell you the whole story of everything that's happened you know so many things have happened over the last 10 years I got certified in 2009 Um, I had a hard time getting a job and even when I when I got a job um, at Valley Total Fitness I didn't I'd never sold anything in my life I felt completely uncomfortable charging, you know, $49, $59 for personal training. I I'd never sold anything for more than like 20 bucks in my life. So I'd never I didn't know what that felt like. I didn't know people had money. I didn't see the value in my training at that point because I was brand new. I'd never gotten results for anybody. I'd never put anybody on one of my programs for 2 months, 3 months, 6 months. I wasn't sure if it was all going to work. I didn't know how good I was compared to the other trainers that I was working with. So there there was a lot of just insecurity there. You know, the fact that it took me a while to even get a job made me think less and less of my, my personal training. And, and right now, one of the messages that I wanna really give to people is that it's okay if you're there because I think in fitness, there's a lot of fronting. There's a lot of acting as if, right? I think I see it from where I'm at now, right? I If, if you guys don't know this, You know, I I run my own gym, I have a personal training gym, um, where I have other trainers that work at this gym as well, right? They're busy training, I'm busy training, right? We have a good thing going. And, And it's my own, it's Logic Fitness. So I'm telling you all this to show you that like, this is where we all start. But this is also where we all can be if we do things right. So 10 years ago, I started off, I was insecure. I had no experience. I didn't look like the other trainers. You know, I am um, um, a Hispanic guy. Um, I'm not super built. I'm not super lean. Um, at least I wasn't at the time, you know, I was just a young kid. I wasn't in bad shape, but I wasn't I hadn't been lifting long enough to be this like monstrous guy. Um, eventually, I got there from just working at the gym. You know, I got really big and muscular and all that fun stuff. I learned more about eating. I learned more about like powerlifting and stuff. That's not the point of today. So who cares? I shouldn't even get into that. But I'm just saying like I wasn't your normal personal trainer. So there was a lot of insecurities that I had. But at the same time, they led to me being stronger in other areas because I had to be if I wanted to be successful. Again, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of fronting in personal training, meaning that we put on these facades. So like when I look at personal trainers from where I stand now running my gym, there's a lot of personal trainers that pretend like they're busy. They pretend like they're successful at personal training and they they not just pretend to other people but they pretend to themselves meaning that they buy into their own lie and they don't go out and look for the education that they need they don't go out and look um at they don't look at their personal training program their business from the outside they don't they're not willing to look at it from a, a real lens from a clear lens where they can look at it and say hey you know what man i'm really only training two people i need to get my stuff together right? So what happens is they're only training two people and they post pictures and they pretend it's all good. And they worry more about, you know, doing their photo shoots and all that stuff. When the reality is, dude, you're only training two people and you're training them for like 20 bucks a pop. Like you're going broke and you're going broke fast. So like all this new equipment that you're buying, all these pictures that you're taking, all these videos that you're posting, like yeah, it looks great. There's nothing wrong with posting that, but you got to look at the reality of your business, which is like you're going broke, you're going broke fast. You got to look at that so that you can figure out how to increase your value, how to increase your marketing, how to increase your sales, how to increase your referrals, how to increase the actual service that you're giving people so that people want to buy it. All these things require, you know, a hard look in the mirror. You have to look at it, but Again, if you continue to just sit on your high horse and say like, "Well, I just deserve to get paid what I'm worth, and I'm worth more than this," you're not going to make the changes to increase your worth. At the end of the day, you have to increase your worth, and and we all start at a low, a perceived low worth of ourselves. It's very rare that I see trainers that start at a high perceived um, worth and also start training people at a high rate. So what happens is, again, going back to these facades, most personal trainers pretend like they're charging a lot. right? They tell people they're charging a lot because maybe they have one or two clients that might be paying them a lot. Um, They're not willing to drop their rate. And so what happens is they continue living this falsehood until they no longer can be personal trainers. Most of these trainers that you see that seem like they're doing great, they have other jobs. Because they're not actually able to sustain their life and their lifestyle from personal training. And what I'm all about is like, hey man, make a career out of personal training. But the only way to do that is to, to start at what where you really are. And I think, you know, I want to say this because I've met a lot of personal trainers that the truth is when we talk real real talk, heart to heart, personal trainers admit to me that they are only charging twenty or thirty dollars an hour. That when they started, they started. I I I knew a trainer that started at like ten or fifteen bucks an hour. You know, and like, you know, part of me is like, man, you don't, like, you can't even do that, you know. But the other part of me remembers that like I didn't know how to even charge forty nine dollars. Uh, an hour, you know, I I thought, like, if I could only charge, and I work at a gym, so I couldn't drop the rate, but if I could have, I would have, I would have dropped it to, like, 30 bucks, because I didn't feel comfortable, and, and what I want to do is just be that voice that lets you know, like, it's all right to be honest, man, like, it's all right to be honest and say, hey, I'm only charging a little bit of money for my training, because, I don't have experience, you know, because I really need the money. Like, that's the truth. Sometimes we just really need, I just needed somebody to sign up, man, because, like, I don't have any clients, you know. That's the truth. That's actually the reality of a personal training business. This is the reality of personal training. It isn't all the pictures. It isn't all the cool workouts. Like, that's, that's for show, you know the reality behind the scenes is that you got to find people that are willing to pay for this service and it's not a cheap service so it's not that easy to do so you better assess yourself and think about am i really giving the value Is the value actually being witnessed by people? Do I have a way to charge them? Do I have a way to get them results? Do I have a program that is better than the other trainers that are out there? Or do I have a personality that's better? Or do I have a better sense of humor? Or do I have a better nutrition program? Or do I have a cool training system that people have never tried before? It's very difficult. It's very difficult. That's why one of the best things that you can have is yourself because... Even if all training is the same, no two human beings are the same. So if you can figure out who you are and hone in on the best parts about you, people will connect with that. Sometimes they'll connect with the worst parts about you. You know, like I've known trainers that maybe were struggling with some type of addiction. Like they connected with other people struggling with that because we all have things we struggle with. So if we can be real, like man, I remember when I figured out that like I loved to eat like pizza and burgers. And when when my clients when we would be talking and they realized like oh he loves burgers too and like this is his favorite and we would talk about burgers, they would relate to me and they would realize like man just because he's my trainer, just because he's in good shape doesn't mean that he doesn't understand what I'm going through and how much I wanna eat these burgers or pizza. And so I would still let him know like, these are the changes that I made to my diet. This is how I do it. This is like how little I eat of it. This is when I decide to eat. This is what I do with these cravings. Or like, this is why, even though you wanna eat that, it's important that you don't because this is what's at stake. What would happen is I would come into it from a place where they can relate to me. And going back to the point, it would bring up my value in their eyes because I was someone they could connect with. So yeah, they could train with any of the other trainers. They could train They could train with any trainer they wanted in LA. There is a lot of personal trainers out there. Till this day, there is a lot of trainers out there. So why do people keep choosing my gym? Why do people keep choosing my trainers? Why do people keep choosing me? Because we are who we are, but not just that. We don't just stop at that. We try to continue to improve our training, continue to improve our ability to train athletes and train elderly and train high impact and low impact and how to use the TRX and barbells and dumbbells. So like we continue to add value to who we are, our training system, our gym, and therefore our net gets bigger and people continue to choose us. So my question is, are you doing that? It's okay to start wherever you're starting. You can start at 20 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever. You know, you can start at 100, you can start at 200. It doesn't matter what the number is. What matters is, do you truly believe it? Are you truly providing a value? And the the biggest question is, is there a demand for it to the point where you're actually making transactions? Because, like I always say, you're not a personal trainer until somebody hires you to train them, right? So, you can do videos about your workouts and you can do free YouTube videos and you can do a lot of stuff. But until somebody hires you to join your boot camp, to join your personal training, to join your gym, you're not really a pro yet, you know? And and you're just lying to yourself at that point. If you think like, just because you do a lot of cool videos and people hit like on those videos that you're a trainer, you're not. You need to make transactions. Now, there's other ways to make money from social, right? You can get sponsorships, you can get, but that's a different deal. That doesn't mean you're a trainer. That doesn't mean you're out here coaching people on how to change their lives. Now, again, some people might do it for free and they might do your program and they might get great results, but if you're continuing to trade your time for nothing, eventually you're not gonna be able to keep putting those videos out or eventually you're gonna have to charge for something. So again, you got to get paid something and there's nothing wrong, again, getting paid what you're worth is literally about supply and demand. If you tell me you charge $300 per session and you can show me that you have clients paying you that consistently, then that's exactly what you're worth. But if you tell me that you're charging $300 and when I ask you to show me your client list and show me the before and afters and show me you know, your programs and how it works and you don't have any of that and nobody's paying you $300, you know, replace 300 with 100, with 80, it doesn't matter what the number is. If people aren't purchasing your product at that rate, then you can say that's what you charge and you can say that's what you're worth all day long but that's not what you are worth you're you know that you are worth what people are willing to pay for it and so in my experience I'll give you a little bit of my experience in my experience I find that it's just easier for me to start at a low rate it's easier for me to lowball it a little bit than to start off too high because I can always increase and at least I have a baseline so what I do is Let's say, you know, nowadays, we'll try maybe a different class at the gym. So let's say I wanna introduce a new strength training class. And, and actually, this is a real scenario. I wanna start like a bench press thing and like a squat thing, but whatever. So what I might do is I might look at the market, see about what people are charging for similar classes, and then I might price it like $5 less. And why do I do that? Well, because I'm not 100% sure what's gonna happen you know, I'm not sure if my idea is great, you know, because again, I've gotten to the point where I don't think my ideas are freaking genius ideas anymore. Of course, I'm confident in my ideas and I've had a lot of good ideas, but when you're an entrepreneur, you try a lot of stuff and you fail a lot. So what happens is at this point, I know that it's a coin flip as much as I think it's a great idea. I also know that sometimes my great ideas work and sometimes they don't. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to start it at a lower price test the waters, and, and I'm just going to give myself a goal of let's say five members. I'm going to get five members at $20 a class. And I know that that's a steal. I know that. I know that it's it's too low. But what I need to do is I need to get proof of demand, meaning that, oh shoot, okay, even though I priced it a little low, I got five people in one day. So that lets me know, man, okay, I can charge another five or $10 for this. So what I do is the next five or 10 people I charge them those extra 5 to $10. And I continue to test the waters until I, I see that, oh man, you know, when I got to 30, people were still buying it. But the moment I switched it to 40, um, the amount of people buying it kind of just like completely stopped or it slowed down. And now I can make those adjustments where like, well, do I want to keep it at 30? Do I want to keep it at 40? Even though I only get one or two new people a month signing up, you know, um, again, it's like, my ability to service it is also another part of, um, man, I'm just kind of like, I want to stop at this point because it, if you keep going, we're just going to keep getting into different topics and different, um, different elements of business. Right. Cause now it's about like your ability to service, which is another topic. You know, when, when we come up with ideas, sometimes it's like, I think the word is like, by viability, right? Like what's your ability to actually pull this off? So let's say you had a great service and you had a great rate, but if you had a hundred people sign up overnight, you wouldn't even be able to figure out how to do it. And you would actually lose those clients from from not being able to service those hundred clients, right? So that's actually a real thing in business. You know, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen, right? If I if I lowball my offers too low, you know, if I go too low, um, and I, let's say I get 100 people to sign up for this class overnight. I can't actually fit 100 people in one class in my studio as it stands now. So I would run into a problem. So so these things can happen. That's not what I'm trying to get into today. I almost forgot what I was talking about now that I'm getting into this, this topic. But what I'm trying to say is like it's okay to be honest. If you're a trainer that has to start off low or if you have to bring your rate down until you figure it out you know, then I think that's what you have to do, in my opinion, as long as you don't get stuck there. Because the reality is, it's okay to start low, but you're not going to be able to maintain low, you're not going to be able to continue to trade your efforts and your services and your equipment and your time, you're not going to keep trading that for a little bit of, of return. It, it, it's not going to be possible, you're going to burn yourself out, you're going to be struggling forever. The number doesn't really matter as to how much you're charging or for what. What matters is that it's a number that you're comfortable, it's a number that you're figured that people actually are going to purchase at. And now what happens is it's not that hard to go up five or $10, you know, depending on what the service is, maybe you can go up $20 at a time. That doesn't really matter, but what happens is you become comfortable with the idea And the most important thing in this whole game is that you see somebody purchase what you have. So what what most of us need in the beginning to to really start getting our wits about us is to see that transaction. So let's say if you just dropped your rate for five or 10 bucks, you would now see people start using your product. And what would happen is it it would allow you to practice. It would allow you to work the kinks that you didn't see before in your system, in your training. And once you have a lot of people or just a few people, whatever your number is, training at this rate, it's not that hard to move it up again and bring it back up to what you always believed it should be worth. Um... And again, this this doesn't apply to all businesses and all things, but it does apply when you are starting off, when you when you weren't a business person in the past, when you've never sold anything, when you're just starting off, when you don't have the experience. You know, don't buy into the hype. Don't buy into these people that pretend like they're charging a lot. Don't pretend like, you know, somebody who's been training 10, 20, 30 years, maybe they charge way more and they're gonna make you feel like you need to charge more. Um, because I've seen this, sometimes trainers with more experience they want to force, you know, trainers that are younger in the game to charge more because they they're worth more because they don't want them to bring the market down, right? Because that is dangerous what I'm telling you right now to do. You know, it's it's in essence bringing the market down, right? If I'm over here running my gym, Logic Fitness in Culver City, and you know, I'm charging 50 bucks for a half hour session and you're charging $30 for a whole hour, you know, you're going to have me beat on price. Um and especially if you're providing good service and everything. So from that perspective, I understand a lot of people that have been in the game for a while, we want to tell you don't charge that. But at the same time, again, I'm just here to keep it 100% real. I know what it's like to be there because I was there. I, I didn't know how to charge $50 for a session. So I would have wished that I could start, you know, like lower. I, I've had trainers that started working for me that when we talked heart to heart, they told me how much they were charging. And I had to show them how to charge more, you know? And, and thankfully for them, they, they started at a place like like this gym and they started with me because I can actually work with them day to day. They had that advantage to work with me day after day to show them how to increase value, how to pitch something, how to sell something, how to, when to close the transaction, right? How to ask for the sell, how to ask for the money, how to service people, how to talk to people, how to ask the right questions, right? I, I taught them all that. So that they could charge more and they could be beneficial to my my system and my company. But a lot of people don't have that, you know. So we have to start from where we have to start. So we all get paid what we're worth. We just need to increase what we're actually worth to get paid more. You know, so if you want to get paid more, increase what you're worth and don't be so arrogant and, and ignorant and full of ego that you're not willing to change your rate to something that people actually start to buy. You know, there's no sense in continuing to say that you're worth a hundred dollars when you can't figure out how to get somebody to pay you $100 for a personal training session. It just doesn't make sense. Drop it to 80, drop it to 75, figure out how, or figure out how you can increase the value by 300 so that you can get those hundred um, again, you're always going to have to give more than what you get. That's just one of the rules. So you either have to figure out how to make the value way higher than any other trainer around, or you're going to have to bring the rate down. But the best thing you can do is bring the rate down a little bit, but also try to increase your value so that it looks like they're purchasing a steal. You know? Like I said earlier, you can always bring it up once you figure it out, You know, but there's no sense in going broke. There's no sense in in going out of business there's no sense in having to quit your dream of being a personal trainer based on just your ego that doesn't let you move your rate around a little bit or just your ego that doesn't let you learn something new every day to increase your value there's no sense in doing that now there's one more lesson and i don't have time to get into it today but once you increase that value is it being noticed marketing I'm not going to get into marketing. I wish I had more time to get into marketing, but I got to let you know. Once you increase the value, are you getting other people to see it? That's marketing. How do you get, are are you training somewhere where people can see you? Are you advertising in a way that people can see it, right, on your shirts, on your social, through word of mouth, through flyers, through whatever? Are people noticing? Are you making it clear what your differentiating factors are? Right? And you don't have to just say them. Sometimes you can just show them, right? Again, words don't really matter as much as the action. Can you show people what's different about it? right? What's different about your personality? What's different about your style? What's different about your results? What's different about the speed at which you get results? And now I say this easily, but it takes time to figure that out. That's why I'm like, it's okay to drop the rate a little bit until you figure that out. right? Have you figured out what's different about your style? Have you figured out what's different about your results? Have you figured out what's different about your personality? What's different about how you train? Where you train? What's different about um, the amount of time you invest into training? What's different about your nutrition? All these things, like what's different about the the content that you're creating, right? Is your your content being watched? Is it giving a real value? Like there's so many elements and you don't have to control all those elements. Like me, I'm not a great social media person. I literally, this is a story I've wanted to tell, but like I got my company to make more than $200,000 a year and I still only have like four or 500 followers on Instagram, right? Like my Instagram following, my, my social media had nothing to do with my ability to get clients because I knew how to use Google and other things. And so, again, I'm still trying to figure that out. And when I do, I'm going to make more money from it because my value will go up. But until then, I'm kind of where I'm at, you know, but I've got other things figured out. So I'm saying that there's so many ways to add value. There's so many ways to show your value, but you kind of have to slow down until you figure out what that value is. And now, and every time you figure out your value, every time you take control and ownership of the value, then you can continue to increase your rate because now you're worth more. And and you know what you're worth at that point because you can pinpoint what is different about your service, what's different about your product, what's different about you and the way you do it, and why people should buy it. And that way, you're gonna be so certain in why you should get paid more than you actually will get paid more. The proof is always in the pudding. What you're getting paid is what you're worth, is what you believe you're worth, and until you figure out how to make yourself worth more, and and until you also figure out how to believe that you're worth more, you're going to be stuck there. It's not about just changing the rate. It's about changing what you've got going on to match the rate that you want to get in return. So we'll wrap it up where we started. We all want to get paid what we're worth. The problem is we're not worth as much as we're looking to get in return. So make your service and yourself worth more so that you can... Get paid more. See you guys later.